Hey guys, listen up. I know these days when you watch the news, it feels like it's one hit after another and it's all bad news for the economy. Well, let me give you some good news. It's not all that bad when it comes to real estate. Let me explain. You see a year ago, man, real estate was hot, hot, hot. Everybody and their brother was trying to go out and buy another house. What did that mean? It was so competitive that a lot of folks got discouraged. So let me ask you, have you thought about buying a house in the last couple of years, but maybe just couldn't win a bid. I used to hear that all the time. Well, now is the time to buy. Yes. Interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but what that's created is an opportunity for you. A year ago, it wasn't uncommon for there to be more than a dozen offers on a home, many of which were over list. That is not the case today. So if you got discouraged once before about trying to buy a new house, now's the time to take another look. Now, yes, interest rates have creeped up a little bit, but you're not going to overpay for the home, but here's what you will do. You'll stop throwing your money away on rent and now you'll get a greater tax deduction. That's right. You see at the end of the year, you're going to get a statement from your mortgage company that shows how much interest you paid and you get to write all of that interest off. That means you could get a huge tax deduction. You never get that as a renter. Not only that homes are still going up in value. Don't believe the hype. All of the economists believe long-term real estate always works out. Let me give you an example. Maybe way back when in the housing collapse of 2008, you bought in 2007 and maybe overpaid. Buddy, if you hung in there, that house is worth a whole heck of a lot more now. If you've played in the stock market, you know what I'm talking about. You only lose money when you throw in the towel. Real estate long-term always performs well. So here's my advice to you. Date the rate, marry the house. Find the house that you and your family love long-term because here's what's not long-term these higher rates. I've yet to see a single economist who doesn't agree with me that rates are going to return. So doesn't it make sense to get the house you want right now? And then when rates improve, man, just get a lower monthly payment. In the meantime, you'll enjoy a greater tax deduction and that property is going to continue to appreciate, meaning you're building equity and wealth for yourself. Not only that, how about this? We're going to save you some cash at buywithconrad.com. We're going to give you the peace of mind of a seven-year guarantee. When rates improve over the next seven years, not if, but when, that's my prediction, we'll refinance you again with no new origination points. Think about that. That could save you thousands of dollars and give you the peace of mind of knowing that you got the right house for your family right now. And then when the rates improve, man, get a lower monthly payment. Now, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but you do need to hurry to buywithconrad.com. That's the first step. You tell us how much you want to put down and what you want your monthly payment to be. We get you approved and then you go shopping just like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Seriously, if you've thought about buying a house over the last couple of years, but you got discouraged, now's the time to take another look. Let me run the numbers for you right now. You'll be glad you did at buywithconrad.com. Woo Wings, a virtual restaurant concept from the man himself, the nature boy, Ric Flair. Enjoy the legendary flavors and world championship wings by ordering with your Uber Eats or Postmates app. Woo Wings is now open in Nashville, San Antonio, Jacksonville, Florida, as well as Huntsville and Tuscaloosa in Alabama, with many more locations coming soon. Try the only chicken wings worthy of carrying the name of the 16-time world heavyweight champion. Tell them, Nate. Woo Wings, legendary flavors, world championship wings. Woo! Woo Wings. Yeah. Woo-woo. 
Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be talking to a fellow Impact World Champion. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing great, but man, let's just not even fool the audience from the get-go. How are you doing? I, you sound a little rough. <laughs> I have the flu. My whole oh, no. It, it actually oh. hit our school district. 400 students are out with the flu this week. Holy cow. Crazy, huh? Yeah, you uh, running rampant around here. Yeah, but you know what? It's just like our Olympic hero to make sure he's still here for the podcast. So, we <laughs> yeah. that. especially we, having Josh on. <laughs> yeah, dude, and and I'm pumped about this because we've had some awesome guests this year on the Kurt Angle Show, a string of great champions, and it continues this week, as you said, uh, with Josh being here. So, really looking forward to having having him on. Yes, it does. And uh, right now, I'd like to introduce to everybody. Impact World Champion Josh Alexander. How you doing today, Josh? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, I am sorry to hear that you're under the weather, of course. But you know, man, I'm, I'm very happy that you guys invited me on the show. Uh, I don't think it's any secret that you've been one of the the wrestlers that I've looked up to since you know the second you you walked onto Thank my you. television screen in 1999. So this is a pleasure for me. Thank you. I appreciate that, Josh. Thank you. Yeah, and you said it, Josh. Uh, there's been a ton of comparisons to you and Kurt in recent weeks and months. What do you think of all that? Seeing that online, the buzz, uh, when people talk about, you know, the similarities between you and Kurt Angle. I, I mean, it's extremely humbling. I don't think anybody else could look at it anything, any other different way than that, unless I was an egomaniac of some sort. <laughs> uh, I, I, when we talk about Kurt Angle, I, I think we're talking, I, everyone wants to talk about like Mount Rushmore's who's the greatest of all time. I think wrestling is all subjective based on what you enjoy, but I don't think there's any debate that he is one of the greatest of all time. He is in that upper tier echelon of professional wrestlers that you cannot debate. So uh, to get like draw any comparisons from anybody whenever, you know, it's, it's incredibly humbling and I appreciate it. You know what? I like you even more now, Josh, <laughs> <laughs> you're over with Kurt. I love it. And Josh, you're a tremendous wrestler. We all know that, but you've dealt with neck issues just like me. What can you, what you can, what can you tell us about that injury? Oh, I, I had a, a break in my C4 disc, and I had a full uh, herniation between the C4 and five. And I mean, yeah, man, it was the worst pain I've ever felt. I'm sure. I mean, you've experienced this, the atrophy, all this stuff. I, I you have, have atrophy un- in your arms. My, my tricep and my chest disappeared in uh, maybe like two weeks, it seemed. It, it, uh, <laughs> and uh, I went from like bench pressing 90-pound dumbbells to a five-pound dumbbell with my, my left Ridiculous. arm. I know. You lose all your strength, too. Yeah, you, you learn a lot about yourself in that moment. And I had the unfortunate uh, issue that nerve blockers that they give you, for some reason, my body digests them in a way that they do not work. They're ineffective. Oh, no. So I, I wrote out the pain for the three weeks until the nerve died. And then in Canadian, and sorry, in Canada, the healthcare is kind of a, a lagging behind. So it took me three months to get neck surgery. But, uh, you know, once I got it fused together and stuff, and I decided, Gosh, I Josh, man, wait a minute. I got to hold you up there. So you didn't have surgery for three months. Your your arm and chest had to atrophy like to almost nothing. Yeah, I can I can make this worse for you. Actually, I wrestled that entire three months because oh they thought <laughs> they didn't get me my MRI for like I think it was nine weeks. <laughs> so wow. they 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 thought I hurt my shoulder and there was something wrong with my scapula. But then once I went and finally saw a surgeon, he saw the my tricep was completely gone. He was just like, "Oh, you've you've hurt your neck for sure." So. Let me you ask know. you, did you get it back? 
Yes, I did. Uh, it was slow. Definitely. It took me about probably two full years to get my strength all the way back in my tricep and my chest and still my tricep. Uh, it will not grow the same as it used to, but it has come back. So it's not as noticeable to, you know, the naked eye, but it I see never, it never grows back to its entire state. Never. Nobody I know has ever had a neck injury and had atrophy and had it fully grew back again. Uh, you, you usually lose a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. All these, all these scars and things that you take from pro wrestling. I, 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 I mean, I've got them all along the way and I, I see my tricep every time I look in the mirror and that's something that just reminds me of it. And I mean, it, it, it makes me be more cautious and stuff when I'm in the ring at least, and, you know, say no to certain things that, you know, I otherwise wouldn't have said no to before I think so. Kurt Angle Jr. <laughs> I'm telling you the similarities are ridiculous. So listen, let's talk about it. Your breakthrough into America. It took a long time and it was a tag team with you and Ethan page. What were the issues do you think in trying to get into the American scene back then? Oh, uh, well, it's just like a border issue, man. Uh, WWE actually, I think in the law, it says from, if you're coming from America to Canada, it says if you are a wrestler like WWE or other in the law. So I, I mean, I don't know who pushed that law through in the Senate or whatever, but they, they got it done so that wrestlers can compete from America in Canada legally and make money. But the other way around, you cannot be a Canadian and go into America and make money. So for me and Ethan Page and anybody else, you know, it was always crossing the border and just taking a chance. They can turn you away and all this stuff. And we, uh, we had a flag on our account. Every time we crossed the border, we got pulled in and interrogated and stuff like that. So it was just a big hassle and, Finally, I had gained enough notoriety to the point where I went to go in for one of the most prestigious independent tournaments in uh, North America. It's called the Jim Lina Memorial Tournament. It's in Chicago for AEW. And I was at the airport and I'd crossed the weekend before and the weekend before that. And just this border guard recognized me and said, you can't do this anymore. You're, you're definitely making too much money doing this because I'd always say that, you know, I'm not making any money by the time I come back. I'm going to wrestle. So I'm not really making an income, but you're spending it as much as you make it. Right? Yeah. By the time you pay for trans and, you know, you pay for your meals and stuff like that, you're really not making much money, but uh, you know, they, they caught me on that. And they told me if I ever crossed again without a visa, I would be banned uh, for life. So <laughs> that was enough for me to stay back at home and just wrestle in the Canadian independence for a few years. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Well, um, your star began to rise when you joined Ring of Honor. What was that experience like for you, Josh? It, that was a dream come true because when I, I, I loved wrestling my whole life and I kind of fell out of it for a little bit. And uh, when I went to university in 2005, I discovered that wrestling existed outside of WWE. And that was because I saw TNA on the first Wednesday night show in 2002. And I saw guys like AJ Styles and Loki and all these people. And when I, you know, use this new tool called the internet that was around for people like me back then. <laughs> I discovered that they also wrestled Ring of Honor. So I became an enormous fan of Ring of Honor as well. So it was always my dream. And I thought it was a, a, 
an achievable goal to be able to wrestle in Ring of Honor. I might not be able to main event WrestleMania, but to me, I thought I could get to Ring of Honor. So I finally got there. And, you know, me and Ethan Page, we, we were this tag team. We, we were not alike at all. I'm the wrestler's wrestler. I, I'm the guy that goes in there. I'm gritty. I don't turn down nothing. I keep going. I don't have an engine that quits. And he's kind of the talker and the smart ass. And we worked really well together. And we had that chemistry. And it we we just had awesome matches in Ring of Honor every single time we went out. But that visa issue was the problem. You, uh, you mentioned, you've mentioned WWE a few times. Was that really though, still your ultimate goal, WWE Japan or, or, Hey, I'm just l- learning my craft and having fun. Ring of honor is good. And we'll see what happens. No, I, I never set such a crazy goal of anything. I, I never even wanted to be a wrestler when I first went to a wrestling school. I just, I wanted to touch the ropes. I, I was an 18 year old kid, uh, you know, near 300 pounds that couldn't do a push up coming out of high school that, you know, oh, like had, me. <laughs> I, had, I had no self-confidence whatsoever. So to me, to set a goal of being the main event of WrestleMania and being some sort of successful wrestler, that seems so, you know, outlandish that I, I would never dare even utter the words or, or think it. So for me, it was always just I wanted to touch the ropes. Then it was, I want to take a bump. Then I want to have my first match. And it's all about setting and achieving new goals and just setting bigger goals every time I achieve something. And it's taken me all the way here to being, you know, the world champion at Impact Wrestling. So that's awesome. That's awesome. What was one of the biggest pieces of advice you got when you were learning your craft and from who? Um, well, my, my trainer was actually former X Division champion, Hotshot Johnny Devine. And I remember on the first day of class, he's he's trained in the heart dungeon and he's a rather strict trainer. And he's he said, eyes open, ears open and mouth shut. And, uh, you know, people people always say I'm a very quiet guy until you get to know me. And that's because, you know, I've kind of applied that in every aspect of my life since because uh, I found that it really benefited me to just keep my mouth shut and pay attention to everything that was going on so I could learn the room and read the room first. Buddy, that advice will get you far in all walks of life, not just wrestling, You're but exactly I can tell right, you <laughs> in other forms of business and, and a lot of stuff. So that's great advice. Uh, I was hoping that you could maybe share with our listeners who may not know how big a deal being in the PWG DDT four tag team tournament was. Uh, like the same thing as ring of honor, man, when you're talking about kind of the, the pinnacle of independent wrestling for wrestlers around the world, PWG was the spot for, you know, nearly a decade. And, you know, to get the call from them means that you were in that upper echelon of independent wrestlers. So the second we got booked for that tournament, it was like we had arrived on this different stage and scale to where our names would have this notoriety and we would be seen by all these bigger companies. So that was that was another goal that you achieve. And then, you know, it opens the doors for all these other goals that you can set there on afterwards. So, yeah. Well, you had neck surgery in July of 2015. Do you think you would ever wrestle again after that surgery? At that time? No, I did not. I, the surgeon had told me based on my MRI results prior to surgery that I would never be able to wrestle again. He, he didn't deem it, you know, responsible. I had a newborn son at home who was like eight months old at the time. So I had all this stuff thinking about it. And, mm. you know, with the border issues, I, I decided I was going to retire and do the smart thing and, you know, for my family and all that stuff. But I awoke from surgery and I, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, uh, but I woke up and I had no neck collar whatsoever, nothing on me. And I, 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 I was moving my head around and, on the gurney and, hurt, and I was like, you weren't yeah. in pain. 
no, no pain whatsoever. I'm like, what's going on? And uh, finally the surgeon came to see me like the next day and he was just like, oh, the MRI, we kind of, you know, it was showing some things, but once we got in there and saw it, it wasn't as bad as we previously thought. So we fused one level. You can definitely wrestle again, just, you know, for sure do like the nine to 12 month rehab full program and make sure that you're feeling good first and all that stuff. And it was like this explosion went off in my head because I had dealt with all those, those steps of, uh, of grief going into retirement. Yeah. You know what I mean? It meant so much to me. And then I was just like, how do I come back from this after, you know, I made this big deal out of retiring and stuff, but, uh, you know, nine months later, it was just, it was something I had to do. Ethan page. I, I, I opened up and told him that I can come back. And he's like, well, you're coming back. Like you're miserable. This is all you're meant to do. And that's really how I felt my entire life. I felt like this is the only thing I've ever been truly gifted at. So, you know, I came back and I made sure, Kurt, I, I I had this experience with my neck when I retired. I I had this ability to look back on everything I did in the 10 years prior in my career. And I was able to look at everything I did and everything I took for granted. So when I came back, now I knew I was going to be 10 times better because I was going to work 100 times harder than I ever worked before to make sure every aspect of myself from my body to my diet, to my training, to my in-ring wrestling, to my gear, to everything was going to be the best it could possibly be. It made you grow up, right? (laughs) Exactly. In that instant. Yeah. And appreciate, right? Appreciate now what you have to look forward to. Talk about a little bit. You shared, okay, I wake up, I can move the neck. The doctor says it wasn't bad. So automatically, like you said, mind shift moment, you're ready to go. Talk about the actual recovery and, and, and how that all went for you as far as getting back into the ring, getting close. What was that time period like in your life? Uh, I was in the gym probably three weeks later. Uh, I started with, you know, light cardio, very, very lightweight, some plyometric stuff. And then by the time I got to be like able to lift weights and stuff by based on my surgeon's recommendations, uh, it was like we were talking about, I could lift a five pound dumbbell with one hand and a 90 pound dumbbell with my other hand, but it was week by week. Incrementally, I could lift a seven and a half pound dumbbell then a 10 pound dumbbell. And it was just building myself back. It was the first time that I ever hired a coach and a trainer. And I've carried that forth ever since for the, you know, near decades since, I've taken this stuff all very seriously. And uh, it was just about, uh, you know, making myself better than ever was. And it's just, it's hard to talk, like to really put into words, the drive that it really gives you. But like when Kurt said, it made me grow up, it it made me like the best version of myself I could possibly be in every aspect of my life, not just wrestling. Well, Josh, did you have any hesitation getting back into the ring? Yeah, I certainly did. Uh, And I'm sure you've experienced this yourself with injuries. When you come back, you kind of have this lingering fog in your mind of that injury. And it's when I had my first match back, I remember it was somebody I trusted very much. And, you know, they they said they wanted to give me a belly to back suplex. And all I could think about was me coming down the wrong way on the back of my head and stuff like that and jarring my neck. But I trusted them and I did it. And I, I trusted myself to protect myself as well. But I remember I hurt my shoulder taking the move because I had, the way I bumped, I tried to overcompensate to make sure my neck didn't go worth. And that, that continued to happen for a couple months. And, uh, you know, it was maybe a couple months later after that, I'd recognize that I keep banging myself up trying to protect my neck so much that I need to just let it go and be what I was before and everything will work out and be fine. I've applied that ever since. And, you know, knock on wood, if I have any near me, you know, it's been fine ever since. So. 
Well, buddy, listen, man, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure too, it had to feel fantastic that first time getting back out there in the ring, cameras on, lights on, you're introduced. I mean, what, what was that moment like for you when you finally made it back? I mean, when you first start wrestling, I, I you have these butterflies in your stomach. You might want to throw up. You might want to just think about everything you possibly do to get out of that moment, to run away and maybe like get out of it. And uh, I, I certainly had all those feelings all over again, nearly 11 years into my wrestling career on a small independent show I did in Canada when I returned. You know, it was just... Uh, like am i uh, everything's going through your mind am i making a mistake am i going to get hurt again am i going to get hurt worse and all this stuff clouds your mind and stuff but then the second my music hits and i walk out and you get that reception from the crowd it's like a drug man like it's right back in your veins and you're hooked well from having neck surgery and thinking your career was over to getting to work and impact as an enhancement talent did you think anything could stop you at this point uh i yes and no Totally. Uh, I, uh, when I was doing the enhancement matches and stuff, it was because, you know, I had built myself up to be probably the best independent wrestler in all of Canada at that time. And I had reserved myself because of the border issues to just being that for the rest of my career. I had a training school up here. I was always wrestling the marquee talent that would come in because it was the most dependable, trustworthy, consistent talent that could do so and keep, you know, the name safe while they came in and wrestled. Uh, on the independent shows and stuff. And, you know, I, I, I honestly never thought anything was going to come from those enhancement matches at impact. I just thought it was an opportunity for a local hometown guy to get in front of some bigger crowds on some bigger, bigger stage and wrestle some other guys. But, you know, uh, it, it all kind of snowballed into what it is now. Sorry. And Josh, you did make it back. You made it back to impact and those first couple times getting to work with guys like killer cross, Matt Sidow. How was that working with, with guys like that, man? I mean, it was great. Like I, I like love killer cross. I, I loved working with him. I, the only thing that sucked about it was it was only for like six minutes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. you, you can't really touch. Yeah. yeah. I, I pride myself on being able to go out there and make, you know, other people look really good at what they do. Uh, I, I try my best. And you know, the, the cool thing about the Seidel thing was that it kind of came full circle because I had actually broken my neck in the match with him at PWG, which led to my neck surgery in 2015. So it was a way to kind of, you know, shake that off and get back in the ring with him. And, you know, we, it meant something to both of us. So. Well, they offered you very quickly a three-year deal. Did you ever think you'd have a contract with a major company considering your neck? Uh, absolutely not, man. When you, when you think about that, like you think about all these major companies, uh, I would look at myself as damaged goods. Like why would anybody want to invest in somebody that has four screws and a plate in their neck? Uh, <laughs> but when they offered me that deal, uh, you know, Scott Demore told me, he was just like, you've been doing such great work on the Canadian independence. I don't think there's anybody better than you, uh, out here right now. And, it, you know, you've been performing at such a high level. I don't see you stopping anytime soon. And, you know, there was something I could agree with him there on. And, uh, we were off to the races, man, this three-year deal, this visa that I had at impact wrestling, it, it was a dream come true. Man, what an uh, what a great investment Scott made in you and for the fans uh, with you. Tell us about the documentary Impact had made about you by Glenn Matthews, and share with us a little bit about that process. Yeah, so as I was leading to my debut, right after I signed the contract, they said they wanted to put together a little documentary with some filmmakers and stuff to tell my story about you know, pretty much everything I've overcome to get to this huge monumental moment for me and. Uh, 
you know, it's just a, a cool way. Like I've never done anything like that. So when you're getting interviewed by somebody from an outside perspective and you get to tell your own story, like I, I'm not one that really dwells on pretty much anything day to day other than my family. So I, I don't think about myself ever or what I've been through to get to where I'm at and stuff. So it really made me stop and reflect and, uh, really appreciate all the hard work that I'd done up into that moment, especially. And it was a cool thing for the fans to get to know me and know my story as well, because I could just be a guy coming out in a singlet and headgear and wrestling to a lot of people. But anybody that's seen that documentary knows everything I had to do and all the work I had to do mm -hmm. to get back to where I was. And I, I think it's just something that puts a little cherry on top of everything. Well, you reformed your tag team with Ethan Page called the North this time. Were you excited to be back with him? Absolutely. Uh, Ethan had already been in the company for over a year at that time. So me coming in first time really wrestling uh, uh, for television production and all that stuff, um, you know, as skilled as you are as an independent wrestler, being a television wrestler is a completely different animal. So coming with him, knowing that our chemistry and stuff was something that doesn't come along often for tag teams, I knew we'd be successful. But I also knew that he could kind of bridge the gap for me and help me uh, learn the ways of television wrestling that he'd learned over the past year and a half working with Talent Third Impact Wrestling. And he did. And, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for, for it because, you know, within three months, we became tag team champions and went down in the history books as one of the longest or sorry, the longest reigning tag team champions in Impact Wrestling history. So. In order to get that shot at the Impact World Tag Team titles, though, you guys had to defeat a legendary tag team, Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Talk about that accomplishment and uh, and what that was like facing facing those two ECW original legends. So uh, there's two two answers to this. Uh, after we wrestled them, we came to the back and we kind of reflected on it and we went, we I cannot believe we just wrestled Sabu and Rob Van Dam in New York, like down the street from the Hammerstein Ballroom. Like you think about how cool that is, especially as us, you know, growing up watching them wrestle like forever. It, it's just a cool thing that not many people can say they've done in this day and age. The second part of it is Rob Van Dam is a very heavy man. <laughs> He is, man. He doesn't get up that easy either, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'm 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 a physical cat, man. You you give it to me, I'll give it right back. However you want to do it, it's fine. And uh Rob's the exact same way, but that man can fly around and he's like 240 pounds. I remember he's the first time boy. I the first time I took that five-star frog slash, man, I, I was just like, whew. <laughs> I don't know how many I have of these in me. <laughs> but it yeah, it was awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, winning the TNA tag team titles from Ortiz and Santana had to make you feel like you guys made it, right? Yeah, they were the anointed team for years there. It was them and Phoenix and Pentagon, really, for the entire tag division. And they were on their way out. And they, uh, you know, for whatever reason, whether they chose or whether management chose, we were the ones that were going to be anointed as the next tag team. And it was really to just kind of fill their shoes and carry the division. And you know, uh, I was chomping at the bit for me, everything I do in wrestling, it's about being challenged and to be put in that moment where, you know, they say that it's on you guys to carry the tag division. Now that was just another challenge for me to kind of grip, grip my teeth and like kind of push through and see if we could do it. So it was awesome. Like I love those guys and, uh, they were a great tag team here at impact wrestling. Well, you guys embrace that challenge. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned already that you were the longest reigning impact tag team champions, what are some of your favorite moments uh, from your reign, Josh, with uh, with Ethan? 
I, 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 there's some silly ones in there from, uh, there was one going around where Ethan wanted to celebrate how long our tag team title reign was and who we defeated. So I, I got to do some goofy promos wearing like a birthday hat with like, a one of those kazoos and stuff like that. And that's I, right up like, Kurt Angle's alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's my yeah show. <laughs> it, like me, I'm such like a, people compare me to like Bret Hart with my promos and my character in the sense that I'm very straight laced down to business all the time. And like, the funny thing is like that, that promo with those kazoos and the birthday hats, like I was making up half the stuff we were doing. Cause like, I, if you really get to know me when I finally get to know you, like, oh, I'll just joke around all day long. And I like to show my ass like that, but uh, <laughs> like, like that's one of the ones that sticks out of my head. And uh yeah, we had a handicap match at a hard-to-kill pay-per-view because Rich Swan had actually broken his ankle the night before at one of the shows we had. And I remember they said they're just going to leave it as a handicap match. And like I said with the challenges thing earlier, I looked at Ethan Page and I said, we're going to steal the effing show with this handicap match because handicap matches are usually just this thing that people just gloss right over, you know, whatever it's one on two. And I think we really went out there and made it something special. And if you go back and watch it, man, the crowd was going insane for that and everything made sense. And, you know, it's something I like to hang my hat on to this day. Well, were you disappointed when Ethan left the company and the team broke up? Uh, yes, yes, kind of. And no, uh, (laughs) I, I can definitely say no from hindsight perspective right now, sitting in this chair, but, uh, <laughs> right. you know, it, it's always, it's always rough because there's this thing like wrestling became so easy for us. It got to the point where we were going out there in our tag matches and we knew each other so well, we knew what we were doing that it was just like this telepathic communication between us where we go out, we could have awesome tag matches, you know, with nearly anybody it seemed. And it was just a, an awesome run. We knew we could be successful, but, you know, everything runs its course and it's time for new challenges. So when he left, I, I kind of embraced being on my own. Uh, the only real concern is that, you know, you don't know what's going to happen with you because you might be sitting on the bench. And uh, I'm not a guy that likes to be sitting on the bench. I was the guy when we got brought in for like tag matches for TVs and I wasn't booked on television to wrestle. I would go ask for a singles match with the local talent for the explosion shows because I just wanted to get in the ring and work. You know, so, uh, you know, that was the only concern, but you know, like I said, hindsight's being 2020, it worked out pretty well and it's awesome. So, yeah. And and I mean, like you said, hindsight's 2020 and we've seen what you did, but you had to think since you were betting on yourself that you knew you were going to be successful. Am I, am I right? I knew that the second they gave me an opportunity, I would be successful. The only thing that I was questioning was whether or not I was going to get that opportunity or how long I might have to wait for it. So. Will you become X Division champion and even defend the title in a 60-minute Ironman match? What was your experience like? Because I know a thing or two about Ironman matches. <laughs> yes, I know. And I, I studied I studied them very well. <laughs> Probably my whole yeah, my whole career and prior to that match. Um I I had done a series of Ironman matches on the Canadian Independence uh before I had gotten signed as a way to kind of get more uh hype around the canadian indie scene and get more eyes on it on the like the indie scale or whatever like that so i had been in the ring for an hour and to me i don't care if it's a cage match a tlc match any any stipulation match you can name the iron man match is the hardest match to do as a pro wrestler because you can put together as much as you want nobody's remembering 60 minutes worth of wrestling (laughs) so 
like, you have to like improvise, I said, man. You have to exactly. improvise. Yeah. You find out if you're a real pro wrestler when you're in there and you go through everything you'd planned in 20 minutes. You look up at the clock, you go, Well, we got 40 more minutes left to go. Let's <laughs> see what happens. You know what I mean? Uh but yeah, I got to wrestle TJP in a 60 minute iron match on television, which, you know, there's only a handful of Ironman matches that have ever aired on television. And I knew that going into it. So I knew this, this golden goose that they were handing me of this opportunity to go out there and show what I could do. And uh, TJ knew it as well. And we went out there and luckily we have so much chemistry together that when we ran out of everything we knew how to do at that 20 minute mark, the next 40 minutes was just as good, if not better, because we were just in there slugging it out, playing off each other. Yeah. And uh, I thank him to this day because I think that is the match that made me and really put the seed in the mind of like impact management that I can be a world champion and be someone that can be dependent on. And uh, yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't know how many Iron Man matches I have left in me, but uh, it, it was definitely something good to do. Man, for all you video game lovers, it's time to create that dream match, create that Josh Alexander character and put him in an Iron Man match against Kurt Angle. That would be one <laughs> hell of an Iron Man match, I'm sure. Gosh, I would have loved to go one round with Josh. Yeah. <laughs> dream match right there. I mean, but, people have been telling me I should be calling you out on this podcast and asking for one more match. But <laughs> Oh, I love it. Josh, if I could, I would, but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> so I, know, I won't. I know. We just got to keep I'll, hoping those knees keep feeling better, man. He had knee replacement surgery in May on both knees at the same time. No pain pills, no pain, nothing. Yeah. And uh, he was jumping up and down on him a few weeks ago. So maybe we'll see. They say never say never. So, <laughs> uh, Hey, let's talk about Victory Road a little bit because this was a big moment for you. Uh, you w walked down the aisle. You confronted then Impact Champion Christian Cage, two Canadians. How surreal was that moment for you, Josh? Yeah, it, there's a very few moments in my wrestling career where, you know, that thought of pinching yourself comes to mind. And when they told me that I was going into a program to bound for glory for the world championship with Christian Cage, uh, that was definitely one of those moments. Because, you know, one of my earliest memories of watching wrestling as a child was, uh, I can't remember the year, it was Royal Rumble. And I remember Christian was in a tables match at that one. You know what I mean? And like that whole thing through the attitude era with him and him being Canadian and growing up 20 minutes from where I lived as a child, like that, that all kind of brought it in and made it even more, made the goosebumps a little bigger, made the butterflies in my stomach a little bit yeah. bigger. And the one thing that I really embraced from that was that uh, I'd always kind of been known as the guy that just goes out there and wrestles. He's so boring, but his matches are awesome. You know what I mean? And I'm going in there with Captain Charisma on the microphone to build to this match at Bound for Glory. So I knew that that was an opportunity, another challenge for me to step up and show what I could do. Well, you would defeat Christian to become Impact Champion for the first time, but lose it right after to Moose. Was that a disappointment for you? Uh, yes, yes, of course. <laughs> and no, like part of you, part of you hopes that, you know, maybe they'll change their mind. Maybe they won't do this thing at the end of the match with Moose. But, uh, you know, again, hindsight being 2020, it, it all worked out perfectly because, uh, like I said, I was known as the guy that would go out there and steal shows and always have an awesome match up until that point. Even when I beat Christian Cage at Bounce Glory, I'm pretty sure that was still it in the minds of most fans but throughout the next six months after bound for glory through my chase towards getting the championship back from moose people got to know my story my personality and everything else like that along the chase so it made it that much sweeter once i finally defeated moose 
before we move off of Christian Cage, I got to ask because you know they always some they say you know never meet your heroes and things like that. I've met Kurt, and that is that's I'm glad I met my hero. Okay, he's, <laughs> he's cool. What was it like working with Christian though behind the scenes? You talked about what it was like out you know face to face, but how was that dynamic? Just getting to work with him behind the scenes. I mean, I've had a handful of experiences where, yeah, meeting my heroes was not so good. <laughs> but uh, I can say that, you know, meeting Christian, working with Christian from everything through that entire build till after the match, like it was a dream come true. It was one of the best experiences of my career. I learned so much from him, obviously, because, you know, there's so much to learn from someone. I, I could learn so much more going forward from if we got to work together more. But after the match, you know, him just telling me, he's like, yo, like we're friends now you have my number if you ever need anything text me like stuff like that means the world to me because you know you can get all the popularity from fans you can get all the money and all this other stuff but you know for me getting the respect from my peers especially after working with them is something that like is just so valuable to me yeah i think christian uh, bar none i think he has the best mind for wrestling out of anybody i've ever known the guy structures matches incredibly well he just has a great mindset for it. The kid's incredible. But what were your the issues you had with Impact regarding your contract and it expiring this year? Oh, it was when my contract was coming up, that first three-year deal I'd signed. Uh, you know, everything was in flux, whether, you know, I was going to go back to AEW, go to AEW and reform the North or maybe go somewhere else. And, you know, Impact has kind of been known as a place uh, that people have been using as a stepping stone for the past few years, especially to get to other companies. And, uh, you know, it, it all came down to it. And I, at the time, especially, and certainly now, I still think I have unfinished business with this company. I was happy to stay. Uh, I love this place. I love this locker room. I love the management. I love the production crew. I love everything. This is a family. And uh, like I said, I everything is challenges and opportunities for me. And I think impact had the ability to offer me the most opportunities to build myself up and make myself an even better wrestler. So this is the place I decided to stay. You mentioned when the contract was up, there was other, you know, things going through your head. Did it ever turn into any kind of serious conversations, you know, reforming the North or other opportunities outside of impact or, or not really? I, I mean, it depends on what you think is serious. You know, I, I had, I had, nibbles from everybody and i had okay. been told that there was interest from all around so i knew i had my options but I, I never even let it get to a dollar figure conversation because i just talked to impact and they they gave me everything i wanted and more Perfect. and like i said it's all about those opportunities for me to be able to showcase myself right well with your return to the company did you think you'd get the chance to be champion again yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was part of the whole thing leading up to, uh, you know, coming back and stuff. It was just like, we have unfinished business with this Moose thing. We are going to lead into this. I, I didn't think it was going to be as soon as it was. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it ended up transpiring some three months later at the Rebellion pay-per-view in April. And uh, I, I, I didn't know how long it would hold the championship. I could have held it for a day or a week. But, uh, you know, I, I knew that that match was coming. And I knew that that match was something that we for storyline wise and for me personally i wanted to get in the ring with moose and just uh show what i could do so josh kurt and i have talked about it and when he signed with impact and you know maybe there was a little bit of a kind of pressure that they looked to him said hey you're our guy we expect you to kind of be the face of, of where we're headed and where we're going and, and carry that mantra do you feel that that similar type of pressure as far as to help try to carry the company forward do you do you embrace that and and run with that or do you feel that pressure 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like me as champion, face of the company, as Impact likes to say, and all the promos and stuff like that, I feel like at all times on the show, when I'm walking down the street, you know, going through the airport, I am a representative for the company first and foremost. And uh, I take it very seriously. I take a lot of pride in it. Because like I said, I, I love that place. It's like a family. And uh, they've, they've given me everything I have right now in my career. And I'm so thankful for it. So if I can repay them by going in there, busting my ass in every match I have, and then doing everything I can outside of it, be it media or you know just signing autographs for fans sure. or whatever I can, I'm going to do everything I can possibly to try to grow that company. Well, you regained the title by defeating Moose, but you involved your family in the story. Was that your idea? Um, yes and no. Uh, when Moose took the title from me, my son and wife were in the ring celebrating with me at the same time, which was kind of the distraction that caught me off guard so that he could beat me so fast. And uh, my wife has been in the business for 20 years, and I met her through pro wrestling, and she was very very comfortable in that situation and my son's both insane wrestling fans as well so they were okay with it too uh you know as long as you know we keep everybody safe i'm fine with all of that my son is completely obsessed with pro wrestling he actually came out with me on that entrance dressed like me uh you know for the moose match at rebellion live on pay-per-view and it blew my mind because uh he was at the time three years old and he, he walks around my house doing my entrance prior to this all the time this is just what he does. And we've never trained him to do it, anything like that. He's just been obsessed with wrestling. He knows who you are. He knows who everybody throughout Impact Wrestling history is. And uh, Scott Damore had asked me if he would do it for Rebellion. I was like, I don't know, maybe. We'll see. And I got a singlet made for him that's like exactly what mine was. And when my music hit, I just looked down at him. And I said, well, here's your shot. And he just literally walked out like i wasn't even there he was just soaking it in from the fans like, it is, there's not <laughs> a nerve awesome. in his body dude like it's insane like i i have butterflies in my stomach being like oh man i don't know and this kid shows no signs of any nerves whatsoever it just goes out it. there and hits a home run so it just made it that much more special like putting a bow on the whole story because they were in the ring when he took the title they were in the ring with me when i got to celebrate with the title finally too and for those that have kids, man, they get it. You know, there's nothing like your kids being able to experience that type of stuff or being a part of some cool moments. Again, Kurt and I last week were just doing a show where his youngest kids finally got to see him wrestle again. And they had not never gotten to see his career, but they saw him at TLC as part of the shield and how much that meant. So, man, that makes a ton of sense. And I'm glad your your son is just being uh little Josh and and emulating and doing all that, man. So uh, you know, for all the parents out there, I'm sure it makes their hearts proud to hear some of that stuff. So uh, I got to talk to you though, about it. Cause you, you win the championship from moose. How did it feel to win the title and not to lose it hours later? I mean, that was pretty cool, huh? I I've only really cried a couple times throughout my wrestling career, but honestly, man, I came to the back and like, I'm very like, no emotion kind of guy. I never let my guard down unless it's like in private with my wife or or kids or something. Like I, I can say everybody's a parent in this conversation. The second you have kids, all of a sudden tears start falling out of your eyes at random times for random things. Right. Like I don't remember crying before I had kids, but uh, <laughs> I came to the back and it was the first time in my career. I th or no second time. Sorry. They did it for the Ironman match, but it was the first time since that Ironman match, the entire locker room was there clapping and the entire crew and all these people that now, like I said, I regard as family. And 
I, I came to the back and like, I just broke down, man. I, it was just this physical, mentally, emotionally, just like I was on empty for the first time. And I just like let it all out. And it was just like, I can't believe now, uh, like sitting here holding this world championship for impact wrestling. I just had one of my best matches of all time on pay-per-view. Like it's everything was hitting a home run and now I get to relax. But all I, all I could think about was laying in that hospital gurney in 2015, thinking I would never get to wrestle again. And that's why it just broke down. And it was, it's an amazing story. I'm getting a little welled up talking. About it is it, an yeah. amazing story, Josh. It really is. Now you're still champion today. And until recently we're unbeaten for close to a year. What's been some of your favorite matches as champion? This entire year, every pay-per-view and app special I could highlight as some of my favorite matches. I've worked with super heavyweights like Jonah, uh, formerly Bronson Reed in NXT. Now he's over in New Japan, just absolutely killing it. So I got to show what I could do with someone like him. Then I go and I wrestle uh, a former X Division star like Alex Shelley, one of the people that I grew up watching in Chicago for Emergence. And like that's another one where I was just like, we're... I, the only thing I get nervous about is letting down my heroes now when I wrestle them. So when I get in there with people that I've watched my entire career and respected, I just want to be able to make sure that I can be on their level and they're happy with it to come back with from that. And like for Shelly to think it was one of the best matches he's ever had, like that means a great deal to me and stuff like that. The moose match holds up. I've had matches with Eric Young at Slammiversary where I I wore a singlet. Uh, actually, it's one of the singlets that you used to wear. I had a replica kind of made with my own kind of stuff mixed in with it to pay homage to you and AJ Styles and Smojo, who were the kind of three kind of guys that I loved coming up in Impact because that was the 20-year anniversary of TNA. And uh, I sprinkled in some of your moves too there just to like <laughs> kind of tip my cap at the history of the first 20 years. But me and Eric Young, you know, Eric Young's another Canadian guy that I grew up just like hearing was the best wrestler out of Canada my entire career. And he'd always been an impact. So we never got to wrestle. We finally got to do it. So that's definitely one that sticks out too. Man, it sounds like uh, one of these big matches, you might have to have the Olympic hero uh, walk you down <laughs> the ring. How cool would that be? I mean, I think we could set something up. Like Instead that. of your son, it'll be me. Oh yeah. Hey man. man. If I need somebody in my corner, I know who to call. There you go. Yes, you can. You can call me. Uh, let's, right. let's talk about your next big one. At Overdrive, you're going to be defending the title in a similar situation as when you won it. X Division champion, who Kurt's very familiar with, Frankie Kazarian is cashing in his title for a title shot against you. What can you tell us about what you think of uh, Frankie and how excited are you for this match? Well, I, I, I kind of highlighted that you know when I was – you know, a 15 year old kid, I, I tuned on to TNA on a Wednesday night pay-per-view and like, that's what reignited my passion for pro wrestling, seeing this different style of professional wrestling that I'd ever really seen before. Frankie Azarian is one of those guys that had been here forever, done everything except win that world championship. But one of those guys I was an enormous fan of much like the same story that I got to tell with Alex Shelley this summer. Like I have so much respect for a guy like Frankie Kazarian, because I was 12 years old, or sorry, I was 15 years old growing up as a teenager watching this guy. And here he is now, I think, in the best shape of his life, which blows my mind. You know, moving, I just had a tag match with him on TV last night. He's moving around better than I've ever seen him move around before. And, uh, you know, the fan in me wants to see him become Impact World Champion. You know, wants to see him finally win the big one. But, you know, me being world champion, being 
be walking with than Josh Alexander. I can't let that happen. So I, I, I'm just, I'm really happy that I get to be able to have a wrestling match with Frankie Kazarian because, you know, that's something I never would have thought possible. And I know that we're going to put on something special. Well, Josh, I want to thank you for emulating me and keeping the tradition of great impact world champions going like, like myself and you going, I really do appreciate it, man. I want to thank you for coming on the show. You were awesome to interview. We had a great time today and uh, we want to wish you the best of luck in the future. I appreciate it very much, man. Anytime you guys need me, thank you for having me. I'll keep putting on that ankle lock with proper form. <laughs> for the you rest do that, Josh. Keep my memory alive, please. <laughs> and and guys, will. listen, support Josh. Listen, check it out. Impact Overdrive. It's November 18th, Louisville, Kentucky. You can find it uh, on pay-per-view. Man, thank you so much for being a part of the Kurt Angle Show this week. Oh, no problem. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Uh, Kurt. So when I went to my singles career, uh, I had approached Ken Shamrock, who was still with the company. And I had, I I asked him, I was like, do you mind if I use the ankle lock? Because he was leaving the company actually that loop. And he said, oh man, why would you even, yeah, I appreciate you asking. But like, I was just like, no, it's just something like I'm kind of old school in this sense. I wouldn't do it if you didn't give me the blessing. Is that okay? And he was like, I'd be honored, man. Absolutely. And so like, I started using it then. And, uh, you know, are you, are you okay with me using? Yes. You know what? Hey, Kenny, let me use it. I asked him just like you did. I asked him too. And he said, yo, go ahead. I'm, I'd be happy for you to use it. So yeah, you know what? I didn't invent it. So, you know, (laughs) it's a move that it's a really cool move. It's a great submission move. And I think it should be going on in professional wrestling forever. And you're carrying that on, you know, you're keeping that thing going. Well, thank you. I, I'm just happy I got the blessing from the two people that perfected using it before me. Thank always, you so much, my friend. Always. <laughs> and and right, if you ever want to start, if oh. you ever want to start drinking milk or doing anything else, I'm sure Kurt will share all that stuff with you. Too. Or saying it's true, far. or or you suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this was so good. Thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on this week with us. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All thanks, right, Josh. Man, that was a lot of fun, Kurt. Josh was a uh, was a great guest, dude. <laughs> I uh, I got to say, because I, I know you got to watch a little bit of a, a bonus match that he did on ad-free shows. If you guys haven't checked that out, uh, that match was incredible. I think you were oh so gosh. impressed with that. Oh, I, I was totally impressed with Josh. He was yeah. incredible. But the other guy, I forget his name. Um, I think it was uh, Jacob Fatu, I think. that he Fatu. Was against, oh, yes. my gosh. Ric Flair's last move. match. Yeah. He's an incredible Samoan wrestler. And yes. The, his movement for his size it was yep. incredible. Him and Josh had one of the best matches I've seen in years. That's awesome, man. If, and that's Kurt Angle putting them over. So, guys, check it out. Support Josh. Follow him on social media. Let him know how much you enjoyed hearing him on the Angle Pod. And, uh, man, listen, the guests aren't done this year, Kurt, because today, as we record this, we just found out next week, one of your longtime buddies, longtime friends, is going to join us next week. We're changing up the schedule why don't you tell the Kurt Angle Show audience who's going to join us? We got Jay Lethal coming on the show. That's right. That's We've right, been trying buddy. to get him for a year now. We got him finally. We, Damn we, it. <laughs> we finally got him. He did join us for a live show, Top Guy Weekend. And the stories, I'm telling you, were off the rails with him and uh, Kurt. He, he's a great storyteller. I can't wait to have him on our show. And it is going to be a fantastic episode. We're going to relive some of those stories for the rest of the audience here. So you guys do not want to miss out. This is going to be one that you want to check out. Jay Lethal, Kurt Angle, 
live here on the angle podcast, sharing stories that you never have heard before their trips over to India. And, uh, oh my goodness, I can't wait for the audience to check it out. Listen, (laughs) before we get out of here though, Kurt, you know how we do it. You're going to futz around and find some chicken snacks. So why don't you do that? Oh, you hear that sound? I do. Chicken snacks and snack smart, crispy protein bites. There's one that's chicken protein. One's organic plant protein. You can order these at physicallyfit.com. There are 11 different flavors. They're all incredible. And if you, um, if you, uh, Use the code ANGLEPOD. You get 20% off your first order. If you want to become a lifetime member, uh, you can sign up on the website and become, uh, get 20% off for the rest of your life. That's Ooh. like forever. Woo. That's a long time. And if you're eating uh, chicken snacks, the rest of your life is going to be a very long time because those things are healthy and they're going to keep you alive. There you go. And you're going to look shredded like Kurt Angle. So that's awesome. (laughs) Also check them out at KurtAngleBrand.com. That's where you're going to find lots of great things. Cameo video opportunities with Kurt, birthday cards, milk cartons, t-shirts, all kinds of good stuff. Hey, we're getting close to the holiday season. So find that gift uh, for your friend, significant other, whoever it may be, that Kurt Angle fan in your life. I've seen him do the cameos. They're entertaining. Oh, it's true. It's damn true, as he says at the end of every single one of them. So make sure you check that out, and uh, and you'll hook him up over there, won't you, Kurt? Uh, yes, I will. Anything you want on the website, go to KurtAnglebrand.com, and I'll send it to you right away. Listen, also go to anglepod.com. That's your one-stop shop for all things Anglepod show. You're not only going to see the episodes, you're going to get a link to his box of gimmicks store that has a lot of angle shirts and stuff. And Kurt and I are going to brainstorm, uh, maybe come the new year to really try to step up the merch game over there, see how we can drive some more activity. Uh, I have some ideas and, uh, on maybe some shirt designs, maybe uh, some posters and some things that we can do maybe to celebrate some of the guests we've had on the show. So you want to check it out. Anglepod.com, all one word, find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash the angle pod. And then you can also find us on all social media. Uh, Kurt, this has been a blast this week. Josh Alexander was top notch. Uh, Kurt angle jr. Is what I'll start calling him. You know uh, what I will say about Canadians? Go ahead. You're always so damn nice. Aren't they too nice? <laughs> they are very cordial, very yeah. nice people, very nice people. And, uh, we are going to have to get his other buddy that he talked about your old friend, Christian on the show at some point. Oh yeah. Christian cage. Uh, hey, he's one of my favorite individuals. Him and Edge and myself, we traveled together for years. We had so much fun together. We did a lot of stuff on TV, WWE television, and uh, the pre-tapes and the promos and the matches were all incredible. I got to see him in Chicago uh, a few short months ago, and I mentioned the the Angle Show, and he said, oh, just, yep, let's get it worked out. I'll definitely (laughs) come on. So we're going to have some fun with him. Lots of excitement as we head into the end of the year, but also into 2023 here on the Angle Pod. We want to thank you all for listening so much to this week's episode. He is the Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. I'm Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right back here with Jay Lethal next week here on the Kurt Angle Show. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.